I don't know when you start asking the big picture questions of life, you know, about God and life and things like that. I know for me, it actually was in high school, and I spent a summer working on a mink farm. Um, and it was not just a summer, several summers actually. It was hard, stinky labor. But it was also hard, not just because I worked hard shoveling a lot of stuff and everything, but because, you know, in a mink farm, there's so many mink, when I would get given a task to do, it would often take like a couple of weeks to finish. And so they'd say, Nate, when when you get done with this task in a couple weeks, then come talk to us. And so I'd spend all day, all week, basically by myself, which is really hard for the social person that I am. But it was a time where I started asking all these big questions about God and big questions about life and really pondering them. So I'm not sure when that happened for you or if you've been through a season like that, but reality is you might be in the middle of one right now. I mean, the fact is we've been living through this pandemic and this challenging time of, of, of quarantine and so on. We've been going through a time where there's a lot of uh, social questions and challenging discussion happening and social unrest all across America. And so this might be one of those times where we've been asking some big questions about God, which is why, as we are now jumping into the Trinity season, a season where we can look at different aspects of who God is, we have a series called Lingering Questions where we're going to dig into some of these questions about God. As we do so, I, I do want to give you a, just some, some, some thoughts for how we're going to ask and answer these questions. Some of these are some pretty big questions, and sometimes when you get done, you might go, okay, I got it. There might be other times where you get done and you're like, okay, we're just scratching the surface. Or maybe it prompts even more questions. Or maybe it's something where you learn something from Scripture, but then it takes months or maybe even years for the Spirit to take what you learn in a message and to really open your eyes to all that it means. We're not going to necessarily answer every aspect of every question and every message, but we're going to dig into God's Word, lean into these questions, and let the Holy Spirit open our eyes. And today we have a very fundamental question to ask and to answer. Is God real? Our lesson comes from Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal powers and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. If you think back to our series that led up to Easter, so our Weekends in Lent sermon series, you may recall that all of those lessons came from the Book of Romans. And so some of this background may sound pretty familiar to you. The Book of Romans being a letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in the city of Rome. And it's just packed full of information. Uh, it's packed full of information partly because, as far as we can see, the people in Rome did not have the privilege of being taught by one of the apostles uh, in person. Um, that an apostle being someone who was sent directly from Jesus. As far as we know, the church grew up a different way. And so Paul wants to give them the privilege of getting a lot more instruction. Also partly because he wants to set up Rome to be sort of a launching pad for his ministry going forward as he's hoping to go and to share the gospel then in Spain. As he writes to the people, uh, it's also good for us to realize that he's writing to a church that is made up of people who are both Jewish in background and Gentile in background. Now just a reminder, when you use that word Gentile, what we're talking about is people who come from a non-Jewish background. And he, it's important to keep that in mind because in this letter, and really in our, our series, we went through our, our sermon series that was called Just in Time. We were talking about how God is setting everything right. How God is bringing ultimate justice and, and setting all things right. But then also talking about, okay, if we are all contributors to what makes this world broken, which we all are because we all sin, 
how do we know we're going to be right with God? And realizing that Paul's right into a Jewish and Gentile background, a big part of his message is, it's not about um, what your background is. It's not about what your, your, your ethnic background is. It's not about uh, what you've done in your life. It's not about you and what you do. You can't live up to God's law. You can't set things right yourself. God needed to do it for us, which is why he sent his son Jesus to lay down his life, to die, and, and to rise again. God is the one who sets us right. Our lesson comes from the first chapter of Romans, and so it's part of the section where Paul is really setting up uh, what we see in this world, but then also why the world is the broken place that it is. And you can see that in the verses that lead up to our main sermon lesson today. You can really see the, the line of thought that Paul has there, because those, those verses, they talk about the wrath of God being displayed against, uh, against people who suppress this knowledge of God, the knowledge of God by, by their wickedness, by our wickedness. When you, when you see that word, the wrath of God, I know that's one of those words that can sometimes make us pretty uncomfortable to think about God's wrath. We like to talk about his love, um, but that word wrath can be pretty uncomfortable. But that's why it's important for us to stop and to realize that that word really it describes passion. And the wrath of God actually exists because of the love of God. Well, what it is is that, that God loves this world. And he loves us. And he loves us so much that he, he, he created us to have this special role, this, this position of ruling the world with him. We talked about that a couple weeks ago uh, when we had our, our message above and beyond. God loves us so much that when he sees what we've done to this world and when he sees what we've done to ourselves and just how broken this world is, he's filled with passion. He's filled with anger. Uh, not because he's this angry God, but because he's a loving God that he is just, he, he, he's full of, of, of anger at, at what has happened to this world. Especially in light of what he has done for us and what he's shown us. And, and this, these verses also talk about how he is, has made it plain. Really the, the, the idea is that he has shined a light on who he is. He's shined a light on it. And our lesson today talks about how God has shined that light. Our lesson today talks about how he has made the knowledge of him visible for all the world to see, even though so often we don't. Again, our lesson, it begins, for since the creation of the world, and when you see that word world, it's, it's actually, it's the Greek word cosmos, um, and so it's describing our world that we're in right now, which is why, uh, as we're going through this message today, we are taking a walk through a park and checking out God's creation as we go. But it's not just planet Earth. It's describing everything, the universe, the stars, the sun, all, every, everything that we see. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Now, there's, a, there's a, an interesting progression that makes a lot of sense here in this, this, this verse when you look at it in the original language. In, in our translation, we lose it a bit. But what it, what it literally says is, is the not scenes of God. So there's some things that, that in and of themselves are qualities of God. They're not things that you just, just see, at least not that we think of the way that we normally think of seeing. But it says the not scenes of God when minded. So in other words, when you think about it, when you really stop and think about what you see in creation, what you see here in this world, what you see in the whole 
sky, the universe, the, the sky, the stars. When you really think about it, the not scenes of God become seen. The not scenes of God become visible. When you see the things of this world that God made, and you really think about what you see, you begin to see the not scenes of God. So what are these not scenes of God? Well, our lesson talks about the eternal power of God. And that word power, uh, it's, the, it's the word that we get our English word dynamite from. It's this explosive power of God that when you look at, the, at, at, at God's creation, when you look at everything we see in this world, outside of this world, we see an, an explosive, just an incredible boom. This, there's so much power in God. And it's an eternal power. The word eternal, I mean, it, it describes something that continues. It's continuous. It doesn't stop. There's not a limit to it. It just keeps going and going. And there's more and there's more and there's more. There's this continuous power of God. But then also talks about his divine nature. His divinity. Now this is a word, I think it's it's a bit challenging sometimes for us to think about. Because when we just think about divine nature, when we think about God, we think about the true God and everything we know about him. But this word could also be used to describe um, any type of, of deity or goddess, like in, in, you know, in, in Greek culture. And so uh, we have to work a little bit, I think, to think about, you know, what is the definition of, of a god um, when we're thinking about the Greek language. And it seems to be that repeated theme is that that deity being divine means being above our existence being being more powerful than us um, having an existence where you experience things and you are bigger than us um, where you go you aren't restricted the way we are and also where it seems that you you do things for us that that we depend so much on you that when we that there's a dependence on this divine being when we look at what God has made when we look around at his cosmos that there's unseens of God characteristics of God that when we think about them we begin to see when we look at what he's made his eternal power and his divine nature when you look at God's works the world he created and you think about what's there you see his divine power and excuse me his eternal power and his divine nature which is why the is god real question is such a big deal not just for christians but for everybody because that's something that can that is a lingering question in people's hearts now it's interesting when you think about that question how how you know as a christian is god real we can ask it in a doubtful way but for someone who's not a christian that's in kind of a maybe a beginning of a faith way and that question can be on their heart because if they think about what they see around them they can begin to see these characteristics of God. But now this week, I've been spending some time thinking about how when you look, you know, when I look at this tree right here, how do I see the eternal power of God? How do I see the divine nature of God in all this? And this has been a more challenging question to think about than you might think at first because I've been really trying to think about if, if, if I've never been taught about God, if I've never been taught about Jesus, how would I see this? Like, how would I see God's attributes, his characteristics there? I mean, 
I've been, you know, I'm, I'm a son of a pastor. I was baptized a baby. I grew up knowing God. And so when I look at creation, I go, of course, this is evidence of God's hand, his design, these beautiful purple flowers over here, you know, like that's just God's handiwork. I just, it's kind of an assumed. So I've been trying to think about, okay, if I've never been taught anything about God, but I thought about what I saw in creation, how would I see God's eternal power and his divine nature. It's important for us to think of that because the way the lesson wraps up too, it talks about that people are without excuse. In other words, every person, whether you were brought up, remember this letter is to people who are Jewish and Gentile in background, whether you brought up with the Old Testament scriptures or not, every person, with, when, we, when we, every person should be able to think about what they see and see God's eternal power and divine nature. So I've been thinking a lot about that this week and I think I've just been kind of scratching the surface on that. Uh, on what you would see from this perspective. And, and I just invite you to take a few minutes to, to think about with me, like what, what some of the things are that, I, that I, I, at least I've gleaned from when I think about creation and encourage you to not stop thinking about it with this message. But next time you go outside, next time you go to the woods, next time you walk on a trail, next time you look at the sky, to think about if no one had taught you about Jesus, what would you still see if you thought about what was here? I guess uh, some of the things that, that, that I've been noticing, that I've been thinking about, is just how when you look at God's creation, I mean, there's just something, they just instill a sense of power and awe when you look at them. I mean, even like, like right now, as I'm walking through these, these woods here, you know, there's this tree, and sometimes when I just look up at these towering trees, and or I see, like this one here, the, the, the trunk's pretty big, Sometimes you get a tree and like the trunk is just massive. And I know there's parts of the U.S. you can go and the, like the trees are so much even bigger than any ones that we find here in Wisconsin. And it's just like, there's something powerful. It's like just about it. Just looking at trees. You know, but you think about other things in creation too. You think about, you know, you think about if you go to the mountains and you just look at that, you see a mountain, there's just something. You think about it, man, it's just... It just speaks power, doesn't it? Or if you stand in the ocean and you hear the waves crashing, the amount of power and force that is coming in with those waves, I mean, it's all over. God's power. And it just, it just screams it. And it screams it from just their, their existence, but also, I mean, we see it in the things that happen in the world today. We see power on display in the world and power that is so much bigger than us. I mean, you know, we like to think that living in 2020, we live in a pretty, you know, sophisticated age. We have a lot of good technology and so on. And uh, and in maybe in the last few months, we've started to question just how far we've come with all the different things going on. But still, we I think we tend to think that we're in a pretty, you know, we've got a lot of technology. We can handle things pretty well. But man, you know, all it takes... Like, we can have them all the technology in the world, but if you go near a volcano, we got nothing, right? It's so much more powerful than us. You can have all this great stuff, but a tornado comes through. I, we, we drove through a county park that we like to stay at that had a tornado go through last year. And to see, you know, just most of the park was fine. And then right where the tornado came down, boom, like just nothing. I mean, like, here we are, we, we, we think we have this power, and yet we're just... We're no match. And if you think about it, it just it just goes on and on. I mean, all over. Like here I'm in the woods, like 
Like, I mean, you could just look and everywhere you look, it's just continuous displays of God's power of how there's, there's, there's just this, you know, this tree, this plant, this thing, this thing. There's just displays everywhere. Or you look up at the sky and with what you see there and I'm at a point now on my path. I got to make sure I go in the right direction. I think this way. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, you just look around and look at the sky and it's just, it just keeps going. And this is something, this is one of those things I thought about at the mink farm and I just got to share. Um, it, it was when I, it, it dawned on me that eternity is something we cannot comprehend and yet we can't deny. Um, I can't wrap my head around the idea of things going on forever. Like of a, of a universe that doesn't end. I can't fathom to be where there's not an end. Like in my mind, it seems like there's got to be an end. In time, the same way. Like it seems like there's got to be, be a beginning, got to be an end. And yet, there can't be an end. Because let's say, like, for instance, let's say, and I'm out in the woods, I don't have a good, this is, I'm out in the woods for an illustration, I don't necessarily have the best picture of this, but let's, let's roll with it. Let's imagine that I believe the universe had an end, and there was a wall right here. So maybe you look at the wall in your house, and imagine that was the end of the universe. Can you imagine there being nothing the other side of it? I mean, like, like we're, no, no space, no air, no nothing. No, you can't. There has to be something the other side of it. It has to keep going. Maybe, maybe your house ends, but there's got to be outside or something. There has to be something the other side. Eternity, we can't wrap our head around it. But we can't deny it. And when you look at all these displays of power, they just keep going on and on and on. It's an eternal power. And it's one of those amazing things like... You know, even in our world today, I, I just find it interesting when you think about God's eternal power, how even for people who deny God's existence today, the thing that they keep going back to, like, okay, so then how did the world come from and everything? Well, you know, if you have enough time and enough matter, um, enough particles and so on, then in enough time and everything, it can happen. The numbers that they throw out here are just crazy numbers I don't even know how to fathom I mean the odds of the earth even happening because of all the, the odds being against us the, the it's, it's just it's hard to even wrap your head around these numbers the big thing people keep going back to is well if you have enough time if you have enough stuff it's just calling out eternity and if you look around too and you think about our existence think about our world God's divinity, that, that, there's, that he's bigger than us and that we depend on him, it, it's clear. We are not, we like to think that we're self-sufficient. We're not. There's a lot we can do. But man, all it takes, and what, a couple years ago in the west side of Madison saw this, all it takes is a crazy amount of rain and a short amount of time. And where we live can be destroyed, right? By a flood. We, we depend on weather being decent. Or you can go to the flip side. All it takes is a drought and your food supply is just wiped out. We depend on him. All around you look, we see eternal power. And we think about our lives, we think about our world, we see a divine nature, we see 
something, someone who is bigger than us that we depend on. All around us, we see the eternal power of God and his divine nature. If you really stop and think about what's all here, we see it. It's all over the place. So like our verse, our lesson wraps up. We're all without excuse. We've got no excuse, people, of thinking like there is no God, of acting like there is no God. I know there's a strong movement today to try to disprove the existence of God, but in order to do it, we just keep adding zeros and zeros and things and things. And what it does is it just screams eternity. And no matter how smart we are, we don't have near the power of what we see all around us in the world. We have no excuse. So with that question, is God real? It should be shouting to us. Yeah, of course. But like this section of Romans talks about, so often we deny that he's real. Now you and I, we're watching that, we're part of this worship service today because we believe God is real. So we might think, well, this is about those other people who deny the existence of God. But let's be honest. We can believe God's real. But not always live that God is real. And I'm not just talking about now times when we doubt God. You know, where we question, is God really there? Like, I'm not ta- just talking about those times. I'm talking about all those times that we go about our lives and we don't even pay attention to the fact that everything around us is screaming his power, shouting it, declaring it. All those times that we look at our lives and we're so busy and we're so focused on what we want to get done today and what we're hoping to do that we don't even see it praising God. We don't even see God's fingerprints in what's going on. Talking about those times when we look at our day and we look at our life and, 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 and we're like, and we just, we don't see that this is really God's story. We, we act like he's not here and he's not really active and we got to do it all of our own today. We got to take care of it all on our own today. There are a lot of times we think about it. Do we really act? Do we really live like God is, is real? We believe Jesus is, is real. We believe in him. We were, we're Christians. And yet sometimes do our lives look more like we don't believe is real. After all. That's why I'm so thankful for the verses that come a bit before. The verse that comes a bit before our lesson. Verse 16. Where Paul talks about not being ashamed of the gospel. Of Jesus Christ for it's the power of salvation remember before we talked about what the word power meant in our lesson remember what it referred to or what our, our English word what English word comes from it dynamite right this big power well the gospel has that power the gospel has an explosive power to create and to make new and to do incredible things so what is that gospel the gospel is about what we read about in our gospel lesson today from John chapter 1. About the reality that God himself, this big, powerful God, through whom the world was all created, this God, this God came down to this world. He was born, became a person like us. So that he could live the life we were meant to live. Always honoring his father. Always living out his vocation of being a walking picture of God always loving other people. But then he would lay down his life 
and die on a cross where he would take all the justice for your sin and my sin, all the things we've ever done wrong. He would take away those sins. He would take the punishment for their sins so there would be true justice. And he'd rise again to win new life. And he will come again to set everything right, to bring that ultimate justice, to bring the world that we were meant to be in, the, 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 the experience that we were meant to have. And through faith in him, the power of the gospel now makes us new. And it opens up our eyes so that someday we're going to see God's glory in all the ways that we were meant to. But even just like that gospel lesson said, I mean, it said that we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. Through faith in Jesus, we've begun to see the glory of God. And when the Holy Spirit has done that, has now worked that in us, then we now, as we look around at God's world, and we look at the works that he's done, we can see his power and his divinity all over the place. Right now, I know we're in a season where there's a lot of questions and a lot of potential challenges. Hey, I gotta show you guys. There's a bunny just down here on the path in front of here. Staying still, hoping we don't see him. Don't worry, bunny. The Abiding Shepherd family is not a threat. <laughs> we're just going for a walk during this message on the trail. I know during this season, Maybe this is one of those times where all these questions are here and maybe that's this foundational one is coming up. I mean, is God real? Is God really active? I mean, when all this stuff's going on in the world, you know, is God, is God really there? When that question comes up, I encourage you to stop and lean into it a little bit. Lean into that question, like, okay, that question's there. You don't have to ignore it. That's, that's, that's a real feeling. And say, God, open up my eyes. Lean back into the truth of what you know, of what you've seen in the cross. Think about that gospel message and the reality of what Jesus has done, that he lives and he died and he rose. And he's setting everything right. Think about that gospel. And as the Holy Spirit works through that gospel, Look at what God has done. Look at what he's been doing. Look at his works. And look at what you see. At first glance, you might see a world that's full of confusion, that's full of uncertainty, fear, division, and sadness and strife. But don't don't just think about this question, is God real, based on what you see at first. Lean in. Think about what's going on. Think about what you see. Think about what we see in the world that God created. Think about how we see eternal power and His divine nature. When you think about the issues in the world too, I mean, think about that this is the world that we live in as a result of people not paying attention to that, of, of how instead of seeing God and, and His power, we, we, we do things our own way. Realize that those are symptoms of this broken world. But then, look to the cross, the power of the gospel, where we see that the one who has this eternal power, the one who has this divine nature, became also human, laid on His life, died, and rose again to defeat death. 
to give us real hope, to give us the, the, the future of, of real life with him, and to open our eyes to see things differently now, to see our world differently, to see what he's made, and to see his power everywhere and his fingerprints all over whatever's going on in your life right here, right now. He created you, he created this world, he loves you, he is with you, he is working, and everywhere, when we lean in, we can see his power, his divine nature, his goodness, his love. Let's lean in and treasure the answer to this question. Is God real?